0: Hello, I'm Erica LaCasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today we'll be talking about following the rainbow. Stick around for some hope healing, maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. I am so excited to be here today. I will tell you that this is the third, yes, third time I've attempted to make this podcast for whatever reasons. Uh, Anchor's not liking me today and the only solution that they gave me was that it's the internet's fault and that I should have a private window open in order to record this. So hopefully that's what's going to do it for us this time. So I do apologize for the late timing of this podcast. It did not come out as early as I would have liked it to, but that's due to me literally doing... The same podcast for the third time in a row. That being said, this week's tour portion is Beha Alotra, which means in your making, go up. You can find it in Numbers chapter 8, verses 1 to chapter 12, verse 16. The half-tour portion is Zechariah chapter 2 verse 14 to chapter 4, verse 7, and the Brit Hadashah is Revelations chapter 11, verses 1 through 19. Today I'm going to be talking to you about following the rainbow, which I know can mean lots of different things, and as you have probably listened to my podcast before, you know that the title doesn't necessarily mean what you would immediately think of starting out. So, I want to... Take us back to the first time a rainbow is ever mentioned in scripture, which would be talking about it in Genesis chapter 9. And I'm going to read you chapter 9, verses 7 to 17. But as for you, be fruitful and multiply, flourish in the land and multiply in it. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, saying, Now I, behold, I am about to establish my covenant with you, and with your seed after you, and with every living creature that is with you, including the flying creatures, the livestock, and every wild animal with you, of all that is coming out of the ark, every animal of the earth. I will confirm my covenant with you. Never again will all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again will there be a flood to ruin the land. Then God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I am making between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. My rainbow do I place in the cloud and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and the land. Whenever I bring clouds over the land and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. Never again will the waters become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the rainbow is in the cloud, I will look at it to remember the perpetual covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the land. Then God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have confirmed between me and all flesh that is on the land. Now as a little girl, hearing that story for the first time, I remember being in amazement of, yes, the animals and how many animals I was able to get on to a boat but also that Adam and I would love us so much that he would give us such a, a beautiful gift as the rainbow that we can look outside after it's rained and see the beautiful colors coming down from the sky and i'm sure as a child i'm pretty sure i went through a rainbow f- phase where people would ask me what my favorite color was and i would simply say a rainbow And I'm almost positive my mother actually made me a crocheted blanket um, kind of like a rainbow a little bit um, because of my fascination with rainbows and how much I love them. And I think it's important for us to remember where and how rainbows came to be, the significance of rainbows and what they mean to us and what they should still mean to us today today. And also to understand why it was that the Lord had to flood the earth in the first place. And you go back to Genesis chapter 6. Verse five, it says, then Adonai saw that the wickedness of humankind was great on the earth and that every inclination of the thought of their heart was only evil all the time. So Adonai regretted that he had made humankind on the earth and his heart was deeply pained. So Adonai said, I will wipe out humankind whom I have created from the face of the ground, from humankind to livestock, crawling things in the flying creature of the sky, because I regret that I made them. But of course, Noah found favor in his eyes which we all can be thankful for even today. But I'm sure you're asking, Erica, what in the world does that have to do with following the rainbow? Well, sadly, as with many things, all things that God created for good, we as human beings sometimes can choose to make it evil or twist its purpose in the first place. And because we have been given the ability to choose, we live in a sinful world, in a fallen world. And instead of keeping the rainbow as a symbol of his promise, of his faithfulness, of his loving kindness for saving Noah, And promising that he'll never flood the the earth again. It has been made into a symbol. Based on. Our sinful nature. Now, obviously what I'm talking about is LGBTQ community. Who. Has chosen to take that promise and that symbol and use it for their own devices wherein they say this is now a symbol of our lifestyle and anyone else's lifestyle you know you don't a lot of them still feel that they are not born you know they were born this way they didn't ask to be this way a lot of them feel that they were um born in the wrong bodies a lot of them have feelings about how we should be able to love whoever it is that we want to love. Now, obviously, most of us can see the holes in that sort of argument. Where this particular argument ends up uh, going and, and heading where you can love whatever you want, whoever you want. And it takes us down a path that in no way glorifies God and simply glorifies our own selfish, fleshly desires. But the subject was brought up this past week in my congregation where a woman who works for a, uh, international company and a company that's known all over the world. And they've decided to go ahead and have a pride group. And then she was also talking about how, like, what do we do when there's, you know, our, our town's going to be having a pride parade. And it's supposedly a family friendly pride parade and based on what I've seen from these particular types of parade, there's nothing family friendly about them. Um, Having men dressed as women gyrating in front of young children is not family friendly. Um, I make that same argument when it comes to the drag queen story hours in our libraries, um, public libraries that we, the taxpayers pay for, (laughs) Um, that's not family friendly. And it's certainly not something that we should condone but it's a very sensitive topic because so many people have opinions on it and i think that's what gets us in trouble because i believe that the word of god is true in and out whether i like what it has to say or not and some might say that that's a cop-out Um, an excuse for acting the way we do or having the beliefs that we have or anything. But the reality is life would be a lot easier if we all just agreed with each other and, and lived in our own simple nature. It's a lot more difficult to say, no, this is the boundary line and I'm not going any further. And for me, this was something that, that I thankfully had addressed at an early age. I want you to kind of go back with me to when I was a child and grew up in the church. And for whatever reason the majority of the church we teach that some sins are worse than others. And I really want to challenge my listeners to show me where it says that in scripture. Because if it does, I'll apologize and I will change my entire perspective on it. But sin is sin. And that's what keeps us from being able to have a true relationship with our father, Adonai, but thank you, because we have Yeshua mediating on our behalf and we are covered in his blood that he sacrificed on that cross when he died. And then he rose again, three days later, we are able to be in communication with our father because of that. Because the reality is each and every one of us are sin, sinful. We have sinful natures. Shoot. We all each have our own sins that we are either outwardly and visibly dealing with that people can see, or we have sins that we're dealing with internally and maybe even sins that we are okay with and that we um, deal with and, and we live with on a daily basis that we choose to live in. And the reality is that's the same thing. When it comes to the LGBTQ community, they have, chosen to live a lifestyle that goes against what Adonai says is good for us and teaches you to be self-centered and about you and what your needs are before you even think about what can I do today to please my heavenly father, to show him that I love him and what am I willing to change in order to become more like his son Yeshua. So growing up as a child and I'm straight up forward in your face. Probably was a little bit more violent than needed to be. I remember middle school and junior high, someone would swear and I would punch them and tell them not to swear because that was that was a sin. So probably a lot more aggressive than I needed to be. But that was the point, right? I, I was told this is a sin. So I had the understanding, like, this is a sin. I was zealous over what I thought was a sin and I'm going to protect God's word and and his, his way of thinking by being zealous for him. But I didn't have the actual knowledge or the wisdom to back me up. And you know, if you tell some, if somebody tell me, told me that they were gay, I would tell them they were a sinner, that they need to repent, or they were going to go to hell. And there was no escaping that unless they chose to repent. Now, what I said, was it wrong? No. Was the way I said it maybe presented it incorrect? Yes, because it wasn't done in love. It was done in my zeal and fervor for the Lord, but not in love. And what changed everything for me was finding out that my beloved aunt was gay and she had been gay for a long time, but I didn't know because my, my parents, my grandparents had sheltered us from this and she had actually been for a long time. My grandmother uh, had chosen not to be a part of her life. And so we didn't know. I, I had a relationship with her. My sister and I had a relationship with her. My, uh, we lived at Cape Cod, Massachusetts. My aunt lived in uh, the Boston area and she worked at Suffolk university, very intellectual, very smart, uh, very, very bright woman. And my mom would take my sister and I up there about once or twice a year, just to be, to, to hang out with her. I didn't think that was very odd. I, I don't know why, because she never came to the house, which, in hindsight it was odd, but, um, we would go to the science museum and, you know, the aquarium and we do fun things, you know, fun things that you do with your family when you're kids. And i um, always thoroughly enjoyed. I looked forward to it every time we were going to be going to Boston, even though it was a pain when it came to traffic, but, um, always look forward to spending time with my aunt. And not only did my aunt decide this lifestyle, she also chose to get married. And, we did not go to that marriage uh the wedding ceremony obviously um and not only did she get married but she also wanted to have children um for whatever reason she was unable to so her wife opted to they they had a friend who was willing to donate uh what they needed in order to have artificial insemination and have a child and they they did they have two uh beautiful children a boy and a girl and i love them they're my cousins But it changed my entire perspective. Why? Because this woman I've known my entire life became something, basically was the poster child in my mind of sin, of living a sinful life. And so I was like, well, what does that mean? So instead of being this far away off, off, you know, off center, off the grid, I'm not really necessarily thinking about it in, in my face type of thing this was directly affecting me and a relationship I have with somebody I loved. And so I chose to actually do some research on it. Chose to open up my Bible and say, what does God actually say about this? And you know, I honestly, I have to say that my, my parents handled it really well where the reality is this, when somebody is choosing to live in sin, you speak to them where they're at. You don't, spew hatred at them anger bitterness any of those things because i will tell you right now out of all of the people that i have met from the lgbtq community they have one thing i found well a couple things in common i've met maybe one person who one hasn't had some sort of trauma that have caused them to choose the lifestyle they're in i met one person who that was not the case for and i've met many i from massachusetts just to give you perspective But I'll tell you, all of them had one thing in common where every single one of them had had at least one traumatic negative experience from somebody from the Bible-believing Christian community, where instead of showing any form of love, they were just, hatred was spewed all over them. And just like I tell you, like, I'm, I'm guilty of that. I was one of those people. But because I have somebody in my 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 life that I was directly connected to, it changed my whole perspective, and it changed like how I looked at things. And said, "How would Yeshua deal with this situation?" He would tell them to go and sin no more. He would tell them that what you're doing is a sin; it's in direct conflict of being uh, of having a relationship with your heavenly Father. But I'm still going to love you where you're at. I still love you as a human person. I That mantra of hate the sin, love the sinner <clears throat> drives me nuts. But it's still true. It doesn't make it any less true even if it drives me nuts. Because it is true. We are to hate the sin, but not the sinner. Because we're all sinners. Whether we want to acknowledge it or not. And, you know, what really brought this whole thing to a head for me was actually something I saw on Facebook. It was just a little meme with the ark and it had a rainbow over it. It said the rainbow is a sign of God's mercy, not a symbol of humanity's confusion. And that's just it. We're living in a time of absolute confusion where these people are preying on our children when they're extremely impressionable and the world is trying to convince them that following their rainbow is the way to go. And I think that's my question for you today. Which rainbow are you going to follow? Are you going to follow the rainbow of God's promise that he will never flood the the earth again, that he loves us, that he's gracious, that he's merciful? Or are we going to follow where our feelings lead us, which is the worldly rainbow of God, not just LBGTQ plus community, but anybody who follows their feelings instead of the word of God. I also want to read to you second Timothy chapter three and a little bit of chapter four, but understand this, that in the last days, hard times will come for people will be lovers of self lovers of money boastful, arrogant, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, hard-hearted, unforgiving, backbiting, without self-control, brutal, hating what is good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And that's really what it comes down to in this day and age, that we are lovers of pleasure rather than we are lovers of God. Holding to an outward form of godliness, but denying its power, Avoid these people, for among these are those who slip into households and deceive weak women weighed down with sins, led away by various desires, always learning yet never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Just as Johns and Jambras opposed Moses, so do these people oppose the truth, men corrupted in mind and worthless concerning in faith. But these people will not make any more progress, for their folly, like that of Johns and Jambras, Will be obvious to everyone. You, however, closely followed my teaching, manner of life, purpose, faithfulness, patience, love, perseverance, as well as persecutions and sufferings that happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. What persecutions I endured, and the Lord rescued me from them all. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Messiah Yeshua will be persecuted, but evil men and impostors will go from bad to worse deceiving and being deceived. Now it says right here that we should stay away from these kind of people. Now I'm not suggesting you have these people in your inner circle, but I am saying to you, if you can have an opportunity to go have a cup of coffee with somebody who doesn't look like you, who maybe sees the world differently than you do, I would encourage you to do it. But I think we all understand that who you surround yourself ends up who you end up mirror, mirroring, if I can say that word correctly. So be careful with who you surround yourself with, but it doesn't mean you, you aren't supposed to go and preach the gospel and the good news to people. It does not mean that you don't show the love of Yeshua, walking out your faith preaching the gospel does not always mean getting in someone's face and telling them that they're a sinner in fact i would argue it almost never means that the best way you can show the love of yeshua is by living it out letting them see that you love the sinner and that you're willing to love them where they're at just as yeshua loved you where you were at starting out with your walk. You, however, continue in what you have learned and what you have become convinced of. For you know from whom you have learned and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to make you wise, leading the salvation through trusting in Messiah Yeshua. All scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, for reproof, for restoration, and for training in righteousness, so that the person belonging to God may be capable, fully equipped for every good deed. And then he goes on to tell us, right in this little portion, the rest of uh, chapter 4, I'm going to read you, what it is that we should do. I solemnly charge you, in the presence of God and Messiah Yeshua, who is about to judge the living and the dead at His appearing and His kingdom, proclaim the word. Be ready when it is convenient or inconvenient. Confront, rebuke, encourage with complete patience and instruction for the time will come when they will not put up with sound instruction, but they will pile up for themselves teachers in keeping with their own desires to have their ears tickled. And they will turn away from hearing the truth and wander off to myths. You, however, keep a clear mind in all things, withstand hardship, do the work of proclaiming the good news and fulfill your service. So we are to proclaim the word. Now, I'll tell you, like, my aunt, she died a few years back from gallbladder cancer. So, obviously, I can no longer have a relationship with her. But it always stunned me because the woman she married is a pastor, which blew my mind. Because I I don't understand how you can read God's word and consider it as the truth, the absolute truth, and continue to walk in a certain way. Although to be fair, we do it on a pretty regular basis and it might not just be, you know, someone from the LGBT community. That being said, for years and years and years, I wanted to, to ask her questions. And, and finally I did. I, I, we communicated through a uh, messenger on Facebook and this is probably five or 10 years ago. Cause we were friends on Facebook and friends with her kids. And, um, you know, I just asked her like, Hey, like I'm, I've wanted to ask you this for years and I, I hope I'm not offending you, but I'm, I'm really just curious, like where exactly you're at? Cause you're a pastor. Do you believe that the Bible is the true word of God, the inherent word of God? And if so, how can you profess and choose to live the lifestyle you're living? And I think the, the, we went back and forth quite a bit and and we talked about scripture and i i felt it was a pretty good conversation but what i got from it was or her thought was that's not the god i serve i don't believe that the god i believe in would condemn me and make me change my sexual orientation And so basically i you know i did it as lovingly as i possibly could at the time i said look i'm i love you i love your kids and i want to continue to have a relationship with you but the fact that the reality the the reality is we clearly don't serve the same god i serve the god the bible and you seem to be serving the god of whom you've created the which you know to a point all of us are guilty of doing at one point or another in our lives if we were truly honest We like to create God in our own image instead of remembering that we were created in his image and that we can't put him in a box, but that we need to remember that we live in his world and it's not that he lives in ours. And that's where we get in trouble, right? So as you're going about your week this month, you know, this is pride month as I like to call it. Um, I was actually listening and I don't normally do it, but I was listening to something from Ben Shapiro and he was talking about how there's actually 144 uh, days in the year where there's some form of celebration in regards to the LGBTQ plus community and how he argued about normalizing how they were basically just normalizing all of this sort of behavior Um, in order for it just to become the status quo. And that's where I come to you today with the thought process of which rainbow are you choosing to follow? Something I ask myself as well, because it's so easy for us to fall down that rabbit hole where we unintentionally or intentionally choose to live in our own sin or choose to condone what the world condones and we forget about what the word of god says so i encourage you to get in the word do your own research see what the lord has to say about all these different things that i'm talking about but i also pray that you you have a fantastic week but as i do every single week i'm going to leave you with the erotic benediction which you can find in Numbers chapter six, verses twenty four and twenty six. Yvareka <laughs> Kadona, Yvayish Mareka, Yahel Donai Panavaleka, Veuneka, Yisadonai Panavaleka, Veosimleka. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Ba-shem Yeshua, Sashalom, shalom In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace, I pray. Amen. May you have a fantastic week. Shavua Tov.